0: Broadcasting on the Chorus Radio Network and worldwide via the web for over six years, you're listening to The Real Money Show, brought to you by Guildhall Wealth Management. Today in studio, we have the president of Guildhall Management, Paul Wiseman, as well as senior analyst Darren Long. Both these gentlemen are well-respected in the bullion community and have been addressing and speaking with the public at large via their seminars and speaking engagements for a combined 21 years. they been helping people the world over since 2002 to purchase own physical gold, silver, and natural fancy-colored diamonds. They are uh, not financial advisors or planners and past performance of gold, silver, or colored diamonds is not indicative of future performance. The number to start investing, you should know this by now, one 8 silver and therealmoneyshow.com. Welcome, guys. Darren, the update is where we start. What do we got coming up today?
1: Well, a couple of things. We have an interview that's going to be incredible. Uh, it's Dr. Paul Craig Roberts. He's mm-hmm. the former uh, Assistant Secretary Treasurer of the uh, United States uh, government. And he held that position under Reagan's administration, also the former editor of the Wall Street Journal. Very interesting interview. You don't want to miss it. He's well-spoken, great credentials. You're going to introduce him a little bit later, John. Mm -hmm. And an apology for last week's show, we did have Warren Bevin scheduled for that show. Unfortunately, due to technical difficulties, we were unable to connect with Warren at the appropriate time. So sorry to our listeners. But uh, at any rate, with the market where it is right now, let's just get started and delve right into it. The week was fluctuating back and forth in terms of pricing. It's right now holding in the uh, 13.10 range for gold. In the $20 range for silver. A gold tested support at the 150 and then the 200 day moving average this past week and found support right at the 200 day uh, moving average as we would expect. Silver is lagging at the moment. It does present about a 3 to 4, maybe 5% gap in what we would expect pricing to be right now, given the last couple of months in this range. And it does equal a nice buying opportunity coming out of summer and into the fall when we can expect major players to rebalance their fund portfolios and give a boost to both gold and silver at these relatively low prices. Now, geopolitical risk, it remains very high. It's not been reflected in the price of gold or silver. And uh, this week, we saw uh, the entrance of new sanctions against Russia by many of the larger G nations like Canada and Britain and the U.S. as they continue to put pressure on Russia over the situation in Ukraine. Now, in retaliation, And this is impacting gold and silver late in the week, as we tape here on Thursday. Uh, In retaliation, Russia has now begun fighting back in somewhat an aggressive manner, refusing to accept many types of food imports uh, from the nations, holding sanctions against them, which is bad news, especially for, if you think of Canada, uh, our pork producers, because a lot of that pork goes over to Russia and goes elsewhere in the world from that marketplace. In addition to this, the situation in Ukraine continues to develop as reports of buildup of Russian troops near the border with Ukraine continues to plague the Eurozone markets. Uh, Now, Polish Foreign Minister Sikorsky said Russia has gathered substantial military forces at the border with Ukraine to either put pressure on the neighboring country or to enter it. They believe it's to enter it. I think that that's what they're expecting will happen long-term, but it's going to depend on where I think all of these sanctions end up going. Now, as a result, and there are many reports out about this this week, as a result, you saw a lot of central buy- bank buying during the month of June and July. Now, June numbers tell us that given this crisis in the Ukraine and the deteriorating ties with the West, Russia has been the most aggressive in accumulating gold reserves. The IMF, the International Monetary Fund, in its recently released international financial statistics report showed that the Russian central bank has hiked its gold holdings by 16.8 tons to 1,094.8 tons in June. Indeed, most central banks are increasing their gold reserves at this particular time. The IMF data also showed that Russia, besides Russia, Mexico, Kazakhstan, uh, Kyrgyzstan, Kurdistan. Tajikistan, Serbia, Greece, I'm and Ecuador. I am running out of stands. We <laughs> stand Laurel next. All of these, uh, all of these countries, of course, are regionally affected by the problems with Russia, and uh, uh, certainly not Mexico and Greece to that extent. But a lot of these countries within stand uh, are affected and impacted locally. And this is something we've seen happen in the Middle East. And again, it's part of the third fundamental of why we own gold and silver. Why it's important to own it now, not next month, not five years from now why it's important to add it now so these are the problems these are the things that we're seeing happen and uh, this is the opportunity for you to take advantage of it as an investor what Guildhall wealth does better than anybody in Canada in my opinion is offer you access to physical bullion, whether you want it in bar form, whether you want it in coin form, we offer depository services, allow you to put your product into a secured vault. We have multiple locations around the world to do this, and you can buy and sell by phone call. This is a long-term investment. Don't view this as something you want to speculate on over the next few days. This is something you buy and hold and uh, from time to time take advantage of the price fluctuations. Guildhall is a very, very... uh, easy-going company, we're a family-run business, and when it comes to adding physical gold and silver to your portfolio, nobody does it better in Canada than Guildhall Wealth Management.
0: The number is 1-877-8-SILVER and com. Paul, how easy this is it to open account? Well,
2: to reiterate what Darren's saying, it's really easy. The first thing you've mm-hmm. got to do is pick up that telephone, or go onto the internet to Guildhall Wealth um, and fill out some uh, an application. But you can buy gold, silver, platinum, and palladium. You can buy it for home delivery. Um, you can put it in our depository, which is safe, secure, insured. We can allocate and segregate the product for you and even give you the bar numbers. A lot of our clients love the idea where... They buy, you know, 10 100-ounce bars or 100 100-ounce 100 bars. They get the bar numbers. They can come and visit their product. They test us out a you know, month, two months down after owning it. They call us up. They want to see their product. We set up uh, a, a date for them, the next day, two days, whatever. You have to have full two pieces of ID to come into the mm-hmm. secure location. But they haul out your on a skid, your product, You know, we've had several people come, you know, stand on the bars of gold, take pictures, you know, (laughs) not to put it on YouTube. That's not the smartest thing to do. With an address. (laughs) Well, yeah, but to have where your product is, and tick off your bar numbers. So to get an investor kit to learn how to invest in gold and silver as well as natural fancy colored diamonds, John, why don't you give out those numbers?
0: That number is one silver and silver and therealmoneyshow.com. We'll take a short break. Stick around, though. Coming up, we'll get to Dr. Paul Craig Roberts. You don't want to miss the interview. It's on the way in The Real Money Show next. And back with more of The Real Money Show, the number to start investing is 1-877-8-SILVER and therealmoneyshow.com. With us now, Dr. Paul Craig Roberts, one of the most respected calmness in the alternative media spectrum. His syndicated articles have been seen on many leading alternative news websites, including Infowars and Counterpunch and King World News, countless others. Uh, Former Assistant Secretary to the U.S. Treasury under Ronald Reagan's administration, and he held the position of editor of the Wall Street Journal. He has written several books, including uh, The Tyranny of Good Intentions and How the economy was lost, as well as the one you should pick up for sure, the failure of the laissez-faire capitalism. Uh, there's no one better in reporting the reality of geopolitical events in the workings of the Treasury and the Federal Reserve. We are very pleased to welcome Dr. Paul Craig Roberts.
1: Well, Dr. Roberts, welcome to the show, The Real Money Show, and uh, um, it's a pleasure to have you here. We've been following you for some time, and of course, uh, you've got a lot of material out there. I wanted to get through a few questions today with you, and the first question we had is regarding how the markets in uh, precious metals have been very cyclical, at least as far as our uh, opinion of the markets has been. We've been around since 2002, and we've discussed on our show, which has been on air since 2008, how cyclical since the beginning of this bull market uh, gold and silver have really been. How would you explain the most recent correction in the gold price since 2011 and what factors have played a role in getting us to where we are right now?
3: Well, I wouldn't say it was a correction. I would say it's an intentional manipulation um, by the Federal Reserve using it, its agents, the bullion banks, uh, to suppress the price of gold because. The rising price of gold was threatening the exchange value of the dollar. The dollar was under pressure because of the Federal Reserve's policy of quantitative easing, with the Fed's balance sheet expanding from approximately $800 billion to $4 trillion. This had caused a great deal of concern among dollar holders around the world, including foreign central banks and the Chinese government, that the supply of U.S. dollars was growing dramatically, but the output of U.S. real goods and services were not. And therefore, the question arose of the dollar's value. And gold was an indicator, of the strong rising price of gold over the decade was an indicator that confidence in the dollar was disappearing. And so when gold hit $1,900 an ounce, we saw the beginning of large-scale short-selling of gold in the futures market. And what gives this manipulation away is that it's always in the least busy part of the gold trading day that massive shorts are dumped on the market and no one no one would abandon a position in that way it's a way of getting maximum decline in the price of what you're dumping so these are conscious manipulations they occur when there's uh, m- often often most times they occur when there's no real news to explain a uh, drop in the gold price and they occur in the least busy times of the market when large numbers of contracts can have the most effect on the price So it's not a cyclical correction. It's a manipulation to protect the dollar from quantitative easing.
1: Right. Well, here with Dr. Paul Craig Roberts, and uh, Dr. Roberts, in an interview you recently conducted with King World News, you discussed what has been a prominent theme for us here on The Real Money Show, and that is the idea that much of the touted growth in the U.S. economy has actually been a result of companies buying their own stock or more appropriately labeled corporate buybacks it's to our uh, in our opinion very it's become very rampant and I'm curious as to whether or not we've witnessed such a situation any other time in recent history especially to the extent that these corporate buybacks are happening now
3: well I I, I'm, I wouldn't know that but I do think uh, it's certainly unusual and I would bet that probably we've never seen the extent of these buybacks I I think uh, there was a report out recently, and it showed the buy pack, buy, The buybacks were over four trillion dollars uh, in the last few years, and I think in this last year they were almost a trillion. Anyhow, there's a report out on that. It's right. not speculation. It's uh, so when you <clears throat> when you add the corporate buybacks to the amount of money the Fed dumps in the banks which uh, some of which certainly must get used to uh, gets used in uh, speculating in S&P futures you can see that the stock market is a huge bubble and what's uh, what's also disturbing about the buybacks is that uh, the companies the corporations apparently have gone beyond just using uh, their Profits or their money in the bank to buy the stock, but actually borrowing from banks in order to purchase their own shares, so that they are accumulating debt without accumulating um, additional uh, plant and capacity to produce goods to earn profits with which to service the debt. So, in that sense, it's it's doubly worrisome.
1: This uh, kind of leads into the notion of the art of misdirection. And for us, we've discussed the theme at length, actually ad nausea, uh, in terms of this misdirection. Of course, its most uh, common form is the headlines that get touted day after day, week after week, which are quite frequently adjusted uh, to reflect the data, which is more accurate after the time of posting. But it feels as though the U.S., and to a great extent the global economy, is really becoming increasingly unstable behind those headlines what is your take on the real situation of the U.S. economy, and what, if any, impact long-term will there be on gold and silver and perhaps even the middle class?
3: Well, I think the middle class is uh, is being systematically destroyed. Uh, it began with the collapse of the Soviet Union when uh, India and China changed their attitudes uh, and opened their large, underutilized uh, labor markets to Western capital. And uh, corporations, uh, Western corporations, particularly American ones, found they could uh, greatly increase their profits by lowering the labor cost. And they also found that they were under pressure from Wall Street to close uh, their manufacturing facilities in the US and move them abroad and were thra- actually threatened with uh, takeover with Wall Street financing takeovers uh, if they didn't produce greater profits by offshoring their production for US markets <clears throat> and of course um, uh, the um, result, was to destroy a vast amount of manufacturing jobs that provided the middle class income. And then with the rise of the high-speed Internet, um, the same thing happened to tradable professional services such as software engineering, research, design. All of this could be done elsewhere and sent in on the high-speed Internet so that the kinds of jobs that provided the ladders of upward mobility in the United States that produced uh, the Opportunity Society, <clears throat> uh, these jobs simply disappeared. And for years, as I have reported, usually each month, the payroll job numbers show that the only jobs that the United States can create are uh, lowly paid domestic non-tradable services waitresses bartenders hospital orderlies retail clerks and so essentially the economy is uh, ceasing to exist we are uh, on the road of becoming a third world economy in which people are employed in lowly paid domestic non-tradable services we see this also in the changing uh, composition of jobs between full-time employment and part-time employment. Increasingly, jobs are part-time. And therefore, the prospect of, one, of improving one's position in life that defined the United States as an opportunity society, uh, this prospect is closed
1: that's a very interesting point because if you think about it in terms of the middle class what in your opinion uh would help to turn this around or rebalance shall we say uh the system i mean do we all do we have to have an all out uh falling apart of the economy or what is the what is the way in which we can see some light at the end of the tunnel
3: i don't think it can be turned around i think um a collapse uh, will eventually come. Um, uh, theoretically, you could turn it around if you changed the way you taxed corporations. Uh, for example, if you taxed corporations according to the geographical location in which they produced the goods and services and gave them a low tax rate if they produced domestically in the United States and a high tax rate if they offshore their production uh, you could offset the labor cost advantage and force them uh, and force them back but you wouldn't be able to get that passed because corporations are a powerful lobby right and, and therefore they would block it. and uh, you could also uh, improve the financial, Situation, make it less crisis prone if you re regulate it. If they um, brought back the Glass Steagall Act, if they um, brought in the regulation of derivatives, which uh, uh, the Federal Reserve, the Treasury, and the SEC blocked uh, doing um, uh, uh, Brooksley Bourne's time when she was the head of the commodity futures trading corporation Mm -hmm. um... if you got if you again put strict limits on the position of speculators in commodity markets so that they could not dominate those markets but merely perform the traditional function of smoothing the price over time uh... and if you restored the uh, uh... strict limits on debt leverage. You could you could deal with financial uh, disasters that have resulted from financial deregulation. But again, uh, you couldn't get that passed. The banks are too powerful. Uh, moreover, they control the Treasury, the Fed, the federal regulatory agencies, and their campaign contributions control the government. So uh, what you can theoretically do, you can't practically do because the government is no longer responsive to people. It's responsive to a handful of powerful interest groups that simply buy the government.
0: Okay, guys, we'll take a, a short break. Uh, stick around. we got more of this interview with Dr. Paul Craig Roberts coming up. The number, uh, by the way, to start investing is 1-877-8-SILVER and therealmoneyshow.com. And back with more of The Real Money Show. The number to start investing, you know it, 1-877-8-SILVER and
1: therealmoneyshow.com. We are back talking with Dr. Paul Craig Roberts. It's a scary thing to be in this position, but from our perspective here up in Canada, we're watching with with, uh, great, great uh, intent on knowing exactly what that outcome might be, of course, because as you can imagine, uh, we have not, as a uh, country, experienced quite the same... Uh, type of economic uh, downturn and although some things are very similar we are certainly advocating as a firm the ownership of physical gold and silver what are your views in terms of ownership uh, in things like gold and silver or other hard assets period
3: well traditionally um, gold and silver have been inflation hedges Uh, they don't make you rich uh, only in nominal terms but they prevent you from uh, losing wealth from inflation and um, so uh, that is a fact historical fact Uh, it's also true in my opinion that the United States dollar is overvalued because um, the creation of four trillion new dollars during quantitative easing or or three trillion or whatever the $3 $3 trillion, I think, uh, this increase in dollars was not matched by an increase in U.S. goods and services. And so it has to affect the exchange value of the dollar. And then we also see uh, the dollar being uh, affected by people moving away from using the dollar payment system because the United States abuses it and uses it to impose sanctions on countries that don't do as Washington orders, for example, the Russians. Mm-hmm. And we see then the Russians abandoning the use of dollar in, in, in uh, energy transactions, the agreement they've made with China. We see now last week the Russian and Indian central banks are working out Arrangements so that their trade between themselves uh, no longer involves dollars. You see the formation of the BRICS to avoid the use of dollars, and therefore the demand for dollars in uh, foreign exchange markets is headed down. And how long the, uh, how long Washington can prevail on its puppets, uh, Japan, the EU to create their currencies with which to purchase dollars in order to support the exchange value of the dollar. This can't go on forever without these countries suffering the consequences themselves. So I think that um, a substantial drop in the exchange value of the dollar uh, is in the works. I can't predict when it will happen, but it's there waiting, and therefore, uh, you would be far better to be holding wealth in gold and silver than in dollar denominated paper assets. On the other hand, you can't take for granted that governments won't confiscate your gold holdings.
1: I mean, at the top, there's a, there's a track record there for sure. Um, right. You're speaking about the geopolitical front, and we are witnessing countries move away from the U.S. dollar, uh, Russia, China, and, and obviously the BRIC nations, certainly uh, more recently. Is this a sign of things to come, and do you feel as though this might be one of those types of events that could drive gold and silver pricing higher, or more, more importantly, even gold prices specifically?
3: Well, uh, actually, the, the, there are plenty of forces already at work. Driving gold and silver higher, Um, we've we've been witnessing a very strange situation. That during a period when the you know the price of gold is determined in the futures market, not in the markets where people take physical possession. Right. And we've been watching uh, the actual demand for physical possession to rise strongly while the price has been falling. Now, the, and the only way you can make any sense out of that <clears throat> uh, is that people are not abandoning gold, but that the, um, the Federal Reserve, using its bullion banks as its agents, is driving down the price of gold with these negative naked shorts in order to protect the dollar. So, I think that, <clears throat> and you can see, whenever the shorting stops, gold jumps twenty dollars. And starts up, and then in come the shorts again. And so I think there, there are plenty of forces already at work uh, to drive up the price of gold. In my opinion, it would be far above 2000. It was already 1900 and 2011, except for this consistent policy of using the futures market to dump enormous amounts of shorts at the least busy time of trading to suppress the price of gold. So these forces are already present. The question is, how long can they continue to be suppressed by the manipulation in the futures market? Apparently, the reason for this futures market manipulation is that the old way of suppressing the gold price which was to police gold holdings the bullion dealers who sold them to suppress the price of gold apparently they used up all the gold Um, we can see that in that the Federal Reserve was unable to deliver any of the gold held in trust for Germany Um, it's also indicated by the fact that um, no one, not even members of Congress, can get an audit of U.S. gold holdings. Uh, people aren't even allowed in to see if there's any gold. So it looks like the use of uh, the futures contracts to manipulate price uh, had to be employed um, cause they weren't they're, they're simply not the gold stocks any longer uh, to use sales from official holdings to suppress the price of gold. So the question then comes at what point does uh, the absence of sufficient gold in the West to make delivery? or what would happen if, uh, suppose uh, the Chinese simply came in and bought enormous amounts of Comex futures, and then demanded delivery. Uh, if <laughs> if delivery couldn't be made, uh, then you would see the whole system fall apart. So I don't, I can't say. Um, When these changes will happen, but we can see that clearly it looks like desperate last-ditch activities by the Federal Reserve to protect the value of the dollar from its own policy, which is directed at saving four or five large banks.
1: And that uh, is something that's very, very curious in terms of understanding because, of course, data is really delayed in the COMEX market and you certainly can't always see what they're up to from a day-to-day perspective per se. But the idea that this would come to a moment that could uh, border on collapse is something that I'm sure many... Uh, Well, I mean, from hedge funds to to very well-invested countries like China in in gold markets, they understand this, and I think they know, I mean, I've read at length uh, lots of articles that discuss What little amount of delivery would actually cause the COMEX to fail, and I'm I'm led to believe and understand that as little as maybe four or five percent calling for delivery would literally blow the COMEX apart. So it's a very interesting situation, and certainly we're not here just to speculate on uh, what gold or silver might do, or other metals for that matter. But it is an interesting topic. Now, in your book, I'm here with uh, Dr. Paul Craig Roberts in the Real Money Show. In your book titled "The Failure of Last a fair capitalism, you talk about flaws in current economic theory and uh, practice, and you do state that, and I quote, "Uh, economists have failed to understand that infinite growth in a finite system is impossible. What do you feel it would take for the average person or investor, if you like, to realize this statement? Do you feel that if the mainstream understood this point, that it might alter the way they distribute their wealth enough that the middle class might actually begin to grow substantially?
3: I think if that uh, statement uh, was understood, uh, there would be a lot of forward thinking and forward planning. It wouldn't be on the next quarter's profits or the next hour's trading profits by front-running trades or something. Because what that that statement means is that um, the model that exists and has existed uh, officially since, I guess, World War II, the aftermath of World War II, that economic development is the solution for everything, and that every country can attain the, the kind of high consumption levels that the United States had until recently. Um, the there just aren't that kind of resources, and they aren't that kind of sinks for waste. I mean, we already have uh, substantial uh, air, water, land pollution. And um, the um, basis for economic theory is the uh, uh, Stieglitz-Solo production function. It's named after two Nobel laureates, um, Stieglitz and Solow. And right. This, this production function assumes that man-made capital is a perfect substitute for nature's capital so that you never can run out of resources. Well, this, of course, is in direct conflict with with, law, with laws of physics. And so um, if you are, are, are faced with using up resources, and we, we also know we have massive external costs that are not included, in the cost of production. For example, all the dead zones in the Gulf of Mexico that result from the runoff of chemical fertilizers. Those dead zones, the cost of these dead zones, are not included in the cost of the agricultural products that are raised and sold from the use of the chemical fertilizers. So <clears throat> you, wherever you look, you see enormous Cost imposed by productive processes on nature and on third parties. And these costs erode, use up, destroy the environment. And so, in effect, you run out of disposal sinks. And these things are never cost, they're never part of production functions. So what What this realization would do, it would would force the world to come together in order to create some kind of sustainable economy, not one that you can rely on to grow and grow and raise everybody's incomes or the majority of the incomes, which it no longer does, at least not in the United States. There's been no real median family income growth for years and years. So, the system, it looks to me like, is already breaking down. But if you realize this problem and you tried to focus on sustainable economic activity, something that gave people um, the ability to exist on a reasonable level, but without using up the remaining resources that the world has, that would fundamentally alter everything i don't think it can happen because humans are short-term animals they think short-term they they think about what they want right now um they don't worry about well if everything runs out in 50 years i won't be here anyhow so i think that uh the problem will just continue to fester and get worse, and, and uh, if we don't manage to uh, set off a nuclear war or we don't manage to set off some plague, uh, we'll find that resource constraints uh, stop the whole way that people think about economics now. That way will simply be abandoned because of its um, unreality.
1: Well, it's a, by extension, we, we look at also the, the, the headline data that certainly is produced by the U.S. as being kind of the indicator of the global economic positioning for, for where we're heading, where we've been, and what we can expect to see. Do you feel, and I only have a couple of questions left, Dr. Roberts, I appreciate your time very much, but do you feel at any point in time that given the, the economic climate we now see, that the trillions of dollars of debt that the U.S. has accumulated will ever be cured? I mean, is there a possible way to, to get through this?
3: Um, well, I think the debt, I think the problem is far more serious than the debt. Um, debt itself, um, for example, the federal government can always pay its debt because it can print money. Right. And so the question is, Uh, what is the real value um, that you're getting back when they pay off your bond um, if if they're doing that by inflating the currency so that the money you paid for the bond uh, is now worth half uh, of the money that you paid back so these types of, of, of things are not problem for the government also um, debts can be defaulted uh, and just like stock markets can go down uh, the default on debt can result in uh, people losing money um, it just means having any of these type of um, paper instruments when you have policies that are irresponsible then you can lose all your money so I think the problem is different from debt I think that um, the the offshoring the uh, financial deregulation uh, the ignoring that there's a limit to resources on planet earth that these are producing lower living standards, and the lower living standards uh, make it impossible to repay the real value of the debts so that the debts essentially are inflated away.
1: Well, that's uh, for us a very uh, long-term uh, impactful situation that's understood only it after. Start,
3: it could start happening right away.
1: I suppose it could, right? Yeah. It just
3: depends on how long they can keep this artificial value of the dollar there.
1: Right. And did,
3: manipulation. I... You have to understand that uh, uh, countries are puppets of the United States, including Canada. And if the United States wants the Canadians to print Canadian dollars to buy by the U.S. dollar to support it. They'll do that, just as the Japanese do, and just as the European Central Bank does. And Moreover, just about any country that wants to export when there's a dollar-based system uh, has to print its own money to keep its money from appreciating relative to the dollar and curtailing its exports. Mm -hmm. So the way the United States conducts Policy essentially uh, it forces the whole world to inflate, right? And point you have this growth in, uh, in um, money that's not matched by growth in goods and services, and then the prices break loose. And that that I think has always been the case. And as I think I said earlier in our conversation, it surprised me it's gone on this long hmm without the consequences becoming apparent but we've never seen this level of manipulation of markets before right
1: given the and my last question to you uh, dr. Roberts given the current state of uh, of the uh, global uh, economic situation and given the fact that we've discussed manipulation here today do you feel at this point in time, if you care to uh, give us your opinion on this, do you feel that gold represents good value at this price range?
3: Well, um, you know, in, in any traditional context, um, it would appear that gold is underpriced in U.S. dollars. And that seems um, to be the intention of the Federal Reserve, and that's why it uses the bullion banks to dump these contracts. So, <clears throat> um, on the other hand, um, it's a—it's kind of hard to have a whole lot of wealth in gold that's not visible, and therefore, you don't know what the behavior of government toward your holdings might be. So I don't think we we have any secure way now to to protect wealth. They can destroy it with confiscations, and taxes, with laws. But certainly, I would rather be hold, <clears throat> holding gold or silver than than paper dollars that are being endlessly created. Um, You can't endlessly create gold and silver. And traditionally, historically, uh, they've always been um, a store of wealth. And in times when paper monies are uh, unreliable, um, silver is usually the means of payment gold becomes a store of wealth that's historically the case and uh, unless there's some reasons we don't know about that have made the historical case inapplicable uh, i would expect that gold and silver will continue to serve in those roles in difficult times
1: dr roberts it's been a pleasure to have you on the real money show today we thank you for your time and uh, we hope to speak with you again soon. Thank you very much.
0: Thank you. I appreciate your interest. So, uh, Darren, what do you think, especially the closing comments, right?
1: Well, the important thing to note here is that this is not somebody who's a gold bug. You know, we talk about this in the gold and silver markets all the time, people who are Uh, planting, uh, you know, uh, food in their backyard and building bunkers to protect themselves from the world economic collapse that's coming. This is not uh, Paul Craig Roberts. As the intro, as you said, uh, clearly points out, this is a man who is part of the Reagan administration as the former assistant secretary uh, of the Treasury And uh, he's also the former editor of the Wall Street Journal. And, I mean, there is real credibility behind what he is saying. And I encourage everybody to go buy the book, The Failure of the Laissez-Faire Capitalism. Uh, And that's something that we would all uh, probably agree on when it comes Mm -hmm. to where we're heading. The elitists are controlling this system. Gold and silver represent uh, roadblocks to their inevitable total control. And they are trying to very... Uh, aggressively keep the price of silver and gold down, as he said in his interview. But along with this, there are another uh, you know, gazillion factors that play a role in determining where gold and silver go. So uh, the takeaways from this for me are really simple. Yes, gold represents good value traditionally, based on where it's been. Uh, we don't know to what extent the price might continue to be manipulated, but if you are an investor, these are assets that uh, this type of man, who's you know a very very well respected individual, uh, suggests you own as opposed to owning paper assets with you know that are devaluing in value.
2: It really doesn't matter though, Darren. It, when you own gold and silver. Whether you buy it monthly and put a you know a hundred a month in it two hundred a month a thousand a month, uh, and just keep on buying at the price, you can buy it store it you really don't have to worry about it in the long term it's going to keep on increasing in value and you're going to protect your capital you're going to protect your wealth against what's happening there's inflation um, you know Dr. Roberts talked a little bit about inflation, but again in the you know they don't count things like gasoline they don't count food when they are looking at inflation they come up with the silliest things like hotel rooms and secondhand cars it's crazy
1: what was your opinion in the interview
2: I thought, you know, he's extremely knowledgeable, he's smart, as you said, you know, he's not one of these uh, nutters that's, you know, running around in a gas mask and with tins of spam waiting for, the, you know, yeah. waiting for the world to collapse. This guy is completely knowledgeable, and he's telling you what's happening. Sim- one of the simple things is that when you look at the economy and you look at the stock market, the stock market over the last three, four years has really gone up tremendously. This is due to QE, which is quantitative easing, where... The Fed was buying $85 billion a month in crap bonds or whatever they were purchasing to help the banks out. The only people that really made money is Wall Street, a lot of the big hedge funds, and the extremely wealthy. This never trickled down to the everyday uh, John you know, Doe investor who never got his real peace. Middle class is being eroded right now uh, at a tremendous rate, and what you know, Dr. Roberts basically said is, you know, there was $4 trillion, uh, I believe, in stock buybacks in the last three, four years, $4 trillion. That's incredible. So what they're doing is the executives are pumping up their own stock to get the, you know, great bonuses or whatever, but this money is being borrowed from the bank at zero. There's no capital expenditure. There's no equipment. The jobs are still, manufacturing is still done abroad. And he's basically saying that.
1: And, and it's, he's basically saying that this is the unwritten policy of the Federal Reserve of the u s, and that's a scary notion and one thing we suggested what could turn it around ownership of of assets like gold yep. and silver so let's take a break and we'll come back with uh, some colored diamonds and then go from there and back with
0: more of the real money show the number to start investing one eight seven seven eight silver and the realmoneyshow. com Paul let's talk natural fancy color diamonds.
2: For sure, John. Love it. I'm really excited this week because I've just uh, purchased a beautiful package of Natural Fancy color Diamonds in Intense Internally Flawless. Uh, Just to give you a quick idea, I have a a 114 Fancy Intense Internally Flawless Oval, a stunning, stunning diamond. The colours and the scintillation that come from this diamond is incredible. Uh, Also in the package is a 120 As 1.2, fancy intense, internally flawless. Again, it's a pear. Now, a pear shape is, you know, or a teardrop, uh, is a really, really beautiful diamond. Mm -hmm. Um, It's it's basically a round diamond with an extension. And the Japanese, for example, love um, pear-shaped diamonds. They hold their color as well. This is uh, will make a stunning, stunning ring or a pendant. Um, you know, which we will help you design. If this is the type of stone that you'd be interested in, they're not on the website yet. Um, so it's basically first come, first served. If you want to give us a call uh, at one eight seven seven eight silver, uh, we'll be happy to set up an appointment for you. One of the other diamonds as well, which I love to death. It's a one point five two. It's over a carat and a half, fancy intense yellow. Again, internally flawless, which means there's no inclusions. Its oval shape. Now, this 1.452 looks like a two, over a two carat stone because of the oval shape. Once again, the colors and the scintillation that come off of this diamond is incredible. Uh, when I saw this diamond, in actual fact, it is an intense. To me, it looks like a vivid. Um, I've got several other, you know, internally flawless stones that are in the package, but I don't want to go through each one. You need to set up an appointment. Natural fancy colored diamonds are probably one of the best kept secrets as an investment. They tend to double every four to five years. It's according to the stone you buy. Some of the fancy vivids, you know, are doubling actually every three years. Some of the argyle pinks, for example, tender stones are almost doubling every two years. Uh, Fancy stones are doubling every five to seven years. So it's a question of what you spend. We've actually also brought some fancy diamonds in. It's starting at just over a carriage. you can get into the market for just under ten thousand dollars. Wow. In actual fact, we're putting up a 1.01 fancy, internally flawless for nine thousand nine hundred ninety-five dollars. This will make an unbelievable engagement ring. Would make an unbelievable pendant. Would be make a beautiful gift. You know, to put away for Christmas time, uh, for you know Mother's Day. Any type of gift, this would be incredible, as well as being a great, great investment. Every diamond that we sell at Guildhall comes with a GIA. For people that haven't listened to this show before, GIA is a Gemology Institute of America. This is the certification of the stone. It tells you every single thing you need to know, from the size to the color, if there's inclusions in the stone, the table, the depth of the diamond. And at Guildhall, we go out of our way to buy the best of the best. Every diamond that we purchase, we know somewhere down the road we're going to get back. We're probably one of the only companies that don't mind getting back our own stones. Mm -hmm. A lot of people in the diamond business, especially in the colored diamond business, they love to sell you a colored diamond, but they say, well, we don't buy them back. We only sell them. We don't mind buying back our own diamonds down in the future. Uh, To make money in this market as an investment, we recommend a hold of a minimum of five years, ten years, you'll get a really, really good return uh, on these diamonds. Every diamond we sell comes with an independent appraisal, so you know what the market value is. We give you a 10-day money-back guarantee. We're a Canadian company and a family-run business. We're completely, completely transparent on our website. Go to our website, guildhalldiamonds.com. Call us for an appointment. I'll be happy to see you. Any one of my people in my office, whether it's Jeremy, whether it's Darren, whether it's Nicole, who's a GIA Diamond graduate, um, we'll be happy to sit down Talk to you, show you diamonds, and show you how to invest. We also have a booklet of how to invest in mm-hmm. natural fancy coloured diamonds. If you would like to get that booklet, you can go online or give us a call at one eight seven seven eight silver. That's one eight seven seven eight silver, or go on to GuildhallDiamonds.com.
0: That'll wrap it for another week. It's part of your portfolio. It should be that and some gold and silver. We're talking about precious metals and natural fancy-colored diamonds. Get on it right away. This has been The Real Money Show on Talk Radio AM640.